All right. Scott. Scott McBride of American Eagle Outfitters. You are the chief security officer. Yes, I am. Which is Bonnie. a very, very unique title. We'll get to that later. But first, Scott McBride, uh, tell us about who you are, where you come from, and you don't have to give us the whole story, but just kind of how you got rolling. Yeah, so I would say that uh, formatively, I I grew up in a very small town in Ohio uh, most of my formative years, and, uh, you know, we weren't really, we weren't the poorest in the city, but we weren't anywhere near the Mm -hmm. top end of that spectrum of economic, you know, uh, economics. And so I, I got to meet and work with and play sports with a lot of diverse individuals, right? Uh, people of color, people with, you know, even lower incomes. And um, I think that helped form me a little bit. Mm. Um, but being the oldest in a family of five children and just being that protector of the, you know, siblings and that type of thing, I, you know, put my sights on the military and I joined the United States Marine Corps while I was in high school on delayed entry. Oh. And I left. 20 days after high school graduation, I was on a bus to Paris Island. So wow. I went to Paris Island. I you know, graduated uh, from Paris Island, got assigned to Camp Lejeune, spent almost five years in the Marine Corps um, in artillery, uh, which is a combat arms uh, military occupational specialty, MOS. Yeah. And oh, went overseas, went around the world, saw different places that I never would have seen from my little town in Ohio. So it was pretty cool. Um, so that's, that's really the basis of yeah. who I am with everything that I do and all the learnings that I received from the Marine Corps, uh, I, I brought with me throughout my different careers. I had a couple different jobs after getting out of the Marines. I've tried to attempt at a college, you know, mm-hmm. went after that, uh, for a bit and, but then ended up at American Eagle Outfitters over 30 years ago. As, yeah. as a side hustle at the beginning that turned into a full-time job that turned into someone coming to me and saying, you know, we're going to start this new thing. It's called loss prevention, and you'd be really good at it. And I said, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. I've never heard of this job. I didn't even know it existed, um, but I trusted the process. And mm-hmm. I said, if you, if you believe in me and it's a bigger job, I'll, I'll take the responsibility. I'll go after it and I'll, yeah. I'll do it. And, and it just evolved into now 25 years later of doing that role, being the pyramid head for almost 15 of that. It's it's really grown. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that first. And, and let's take it back to the the Marines in particular. What about that experience do you feel like shaped you? Obviously, for anybody that's ever come across a Marine, Marines are Marines. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, and that's part of the brand, right? Is you know, and I and and one of the things that I think is important when I see people who are Marine is that they are compelled to carry on the brand. They understand that it is a representation. That's a unique thing. Um, because even though it's one of those things where you want everybody to kind of be a part of the same thing, it's a very individual thing. So help me understand that dynamic and what you really feel like you got from that Marine experience that transformed you. Absolutely. So yeah, of all the branches of the military and, and really of many groups of people that Mm -hmm. join, you know, groups for whatever reason, uh, the Marine Corps is certainly known to be a very maniacal, protective of the brand, protective of their, you know, their honor Mm -hmm. and their reputation as, uh, you know, extreme, extreme friend, extreme enemy, 
extreme mm-hmm. fighter, extreme partier, extreme, mm-hmm. you know, at, at all levels. So intensity is something yeah. that is taught from very, from day one, you know, being intense about and, and intentional about all your actions mm-hmm. and your motivations and, you know, your, your work product. So, and then we actually use that word intentional. And I know that's mm-hmm. something that you and yeah. think 3d are all about, um, is being intentional, but we talk about in combat maneuvers, being intentional with Mm -hmm. your movements. You're not doing anything that's wasting energy. um, And you are moving in a way that is methodical against where you're trying to accomplish the mission, whatever that mission may be. So I think that's, that intensity is really what is taught from day one. I mean, they come on that bus and the intensity just gets turned up past 11, they rip the knob off and it stays that way while you're in. Um, and, you know, it calms down a little bit when you get out into the fleet or out into yeah. the actual unit, but the jobs don't. It's, you know, you get some time off is basically yeah. what it happens. So I think that's one. The second piece is this concept of every single person on the team as a leader. Yeah. And every single person on the team has to understand how to lead. Yeah. Because there'll be a time where you are de facto leader because – in, you know, in a combat situation, you don't know yeah. who's going to be left after five, 10 minutes, a half hour, two hours, end of the day, you may be in charge. Yeah. So learning how to motivate um, people through different methods. Yeah. You know, there are different ways to do that in different situations. They work yeah. and knowing how to apply those tools properly in the situation to accomplish the mission. Yeah. You, you know, just real quick, what's mm-hmm. interesting is when we were designing uh, Think 3D, one of the things that we looked at uh, was um, special forces. And part of the reason was is, is how do you explain uh, mission change, where you can come back, change the mission when so many people don't do well with change. And one of the things that we, you know, really identified was extreme confidence and portable skills. Correct. Is that no matter where you put people, no matter what the scenario, shooters are going to shoot, breachers are going to breach, meds are going to do medicine, communicators are going to communicate. They're portable skills. They, they, they apply to anything. So when you talk about things like intensity and attention and, and leadership and diversity of deployment of leadership, those things are true portable skills that you can really take into anything that you do in life. In fact, everything that you do in life is in some way connected to those things. Have you found that? hundred um, percent. So I've, I've, you know, squeezed every drop of that concept out in everything that I do. I mean, I'm involved in multiple businesses. I'm involved in uh, founding a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm involved in um, the Boy Scouts of America as a adult leader for my son mm-hmm. and his friends that are in our unit. Um, I've taken them all over the country. We've done hundred mile, forty pound backpack trips over 12 days in the at, at elevation at 11,000 feet of elevation in the Rocky Mountains and just things that are you know intense yeah. and extreme but it's because of those leadership skills and that intention of action to go after it to live life yeah. to if we're going to do this then we're going to go to every high adventure base and we're going to do everything we possibly can do yeah. between now and your 18th birthday for my son and his buddies. 
So it's those types of things. And I've, I've found that to be the way I operate at American Eagle, which I think has yeah. been part of my success in being able to grow with an organization and to take on more responsibility for it and to provide a value back to that corporation and the people that work in that corporation. Let's talk about that for a second, because one of the things that really impressed me about you is that fact is that for a person that's so informed by an environment within a command structure, you know, and I, and I find that for some folks that, that develop their skill set in the military, it's difficult to translate sometimes because gaps in leadership were made up in the fact that you were in a command structure. People just kind of did what you told them to do. To see people transition into an environment where that's not the case, where even though there's an organizational structure, those traditional kind of expectations of get an order, follow an <laughs> order are just absolutely not You're right. Present. It doesn't really happen that way. It doesn't happen that way. So there's a different type of human leadership that has to happen. And the people who can tether those types of principles that come from that kind of command structure in a world where, you know, might be wet behind the ears, fresh out of whatever, you know, uh, a stereotypical, you know, new person to the workforce that people might have. And those things have to blend and meld. And, and the way you've transitioned that, I think, has been really impressive to me. But talk about what goes behind that, the kind of secret sauce behind taking those those really big things and applying them to yeah, so civilian it's, life. It's, I believe there's probably two concepts that really come to the top of that list when you try to distill all of the things. I'm sure there's hundreds, but mm -hmm. these two. Um, one is defining and understanding the mission, whether it's the daily mission, the weekly mission, the quarterly, annual, or the long-term mission of yeah. the company, the department, or the, you know, the squad that you're working in, mm -hmm. right? The work group. And that could be cross-functional work group. They don't report to you, leading without authority, that type of thing. But understanding the mission, mm -hmm. what are we trying to get done? Yeah. How quickly do we have to get it done? And then you move and you make people, you, you encourage and motivate yeah. and, and provide the environment for them to move and right. to make that happen, to take action. That's number one. And the second is take care of everybody because mm -hmm. I can't do it alone. I need everybody to pull on the rope the same direction. I need people to like, you know, be locked in mm -hmm. eyeball to eyeball with what we're understanding we're gonna do. Expectations, yeah. speed, uh, frequency, severity, like intensity level. Like we all gotta come up to this level, right? Just yeah. like a, a team would for a Sunday football game. Right. They gotta all come up to the same level or there's gonna be a problem. Somebody's gonna miss a block, somebody's gonna drop a pass, somebody's gonna miss an assignment. So I think those two concepts that are, you know, definitely ingrained in the military um, come out. And if you can find and distill down some of that military training and find those translatable skills, those, mm -hmm. those two or three or four things, you're probably four things ahead of the kid that's coming out of college Mm -hmm. that hasn't had the experience of the military, hasn't been to other countries, hasn't had to deal with people that are, I mean, talk about diversity, don't even understand the language, yeah. have a complete different ideology, religion, you know, all these things you may not have been exposed to. Um, so having done those things, having been in the sandbox, having, you know, those experiences, that translates back to the worst day at American Eagles, nowhere near the worst day I had when I was sure. in the military. Sure. So everything's sure. kind of easy mm -hmm. if I put it in perspective, the grand perspective. Now, I might be upset, disappointed, frustrated, so forth, but taking care of the team that I'm on, and that's for everybody. Again, back to this mm -hmm. concept of every single person on the squad, 
in the group is a leader. Um, we all need to help each other. Yeah. And I think that as a higher level leader, and I, you know, I say this a lot, I, I touch base with my direct reports every week. And my question to them is, what do you need from me? And having a C-level person ask, what do you need from me to do your job better? Mm -hmm. Every week, 52 times a year yeah. or more, yeah. I think, encourages them that they are empowered. They are quality. Their work is worthy you know, and worthwhile to the organization. And I'm just trying to clear out obstacles yeah. and make it smoother and quicker and faster. They're being, <clears throat> they're being developed. They're developing muscle memory. You know, one of the things we talk to people a lot about is, is that you're developing muscle. These things are exercises because you're developing the muscle, the muscle to uh, reach for happiness, the muscle to uh, maintain focus, the muscle to um, learn intentionally. And you talked a lot about intensity, which is a word that people don't necessarily think about when they think about us. But um, usually it, it, it comes in the form of, of passion, which for us is, is po positive, purposeful intensity. You know, it's saying that I am on fire about my community. I'm on fire about bringing culture to my community and what and, and sands that passion, that drive, that intensity. It is just hard to navigate through all of the things that come at you. But when so many people are under the perception that they're here for a check or they're here to do something else and they're not into the thing that they're doing um what are some of the ramifications of that particularly when you are in the space of safety protection across all lines people product profit the whole night how do you manage that piece yeah so i mean very much like your analysis of the special forces uh, mm -hmm. model they stand out really fast so someone that is not yeah. like in the game they start to like show their cards pretty quickly. Mm. So, you know, our, my philosophy is that, you know, no one comes to work to do a bad job. They mm. don't get a job to do a bad job. They, they get a job for, you know, yes, economic reasons for sure. But they also get jobs that they, you know, genuinely believe at the beginning that they'd be interested in doing. They don't really go and apply for jobs like that they have no interest in. So there's, yeah. there's an element of willingness in the very beginning <clears throat> to to make things happen yeah so and if we can create the environment around them that um feeds that that mm -hmm. that brings it out that draws it out that encourages them to explore that even more yeah. um yes there's some technical aspects you got to onboard them they have to follow the policies right, they right. have to do the things right they have to show up on time whatever showing up means now from work from home or you know mm -hmm. remote or hybrid or whatever that is um, there's some, there's some, uh, you know, cost of entry right. type things, but past that we get to a place where now it's it, the role of the leader is to continue to mentally, emotionally challenge them to, um, want to do more. Yeah. And if I can get a person that comes to work and wants to do more and I don't even have to say, Hey, you should be doing more. Yeah. They're just like, Hey, I, I could probably do more. Can you give me more? can I do this? I, I saw that that needed done. Could I do that for you? Or could I, yeah. I mean, how great of an employee, right. how great of a teammate, how great of a, you know, department do you have if you have dozens, 60, 70 people yeah. doing the same thing like that, that are always looking for more. Then your job changes as a leader 
to managing expectations, really, really, yeah. really getting into the details of, okay, what, what does that person really need from a development perspective? Yeah. Maybe they need communication skills. Maybe they need to learn a little bit more about the corporate politics structure yeah. and how yeah. you navigate that. And that all of those things, if you can figure those things out. So what I see sometimes happen in other places and um, is we just focus on, you know, the boxes have to get checked yep. or this paper has to get stamped and moved to this pile. They're yeah. very mechanical, like, yeah. oh, I'm I'm being productive. I'm moving these papers from one side to the other. And yes, that's probably a very important function. Maybe that's the payroll. I'd like yeah. them to move the paper over and, and pay the payroll. But if that's all we focus on is how fast you move the paper or how, you know, accurate that yeah. one thing is, and it's not about the person. It's not about that person's true passion that you were talking about, yeah. their their true motivation for what feeds their soul yeah. in some ways, right? If you can find that, and not everybody's real public with it. You for gotta sure. like, like peel it back or you gotta kind of find it. And you, as a leader, you need to explore that and yeah. you need to have conversations face-to-face, one-on-one, the best you can. I get that we have hybrids and different remote working things, but you yeah. know, I talked last night um, with you and Tamian about, you know, I've worked in a, di- a geographically diverse department mm-hmm. for 30 years. I have people all over the world that work for me in my pyramid. And, you know, I intentionally find time throughout the year to mm-hmm. sit down with them, whether they come to me or I go to them or we meet in the middle at a conference or a meeting or a, yeah. something of that nature. But then it's time to actually talk and figure that out. And yeah. it's it's not always 100%. Like For some sure. people are very guarded or they don't tell you the full story or something more mm-hmm. private is going on with them that they may not want to share because we are a corporation and mm-hmm. sometimes people can't move private information into the corporate world yeah. even though I can help. Yeah. I'm a little bit older yeah. than them. Maybe I've been down some roads that I can help them yeah. with. But when people are trusting enough to open up then you know we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna pave the road for them. For sure, we're gonna give them time off. We're gonna support them. We're gonna figure out ways and mechanisms to help them. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's both in right. Is is people being uh, trusting enough, and is people being trustworthy enough? And and when we talk about having that consistency, being able to do that, one of the other things you pointed out when we talk about the matter of motivation, you know, our thing is you can't give people a motivation greater than the one that they came with. That's right. They didn't come for you. Right. And, and we also say, don't do it for the money, do it for what the money does. And one of the things that I appreciate now as a small business owner that I, I, I understood as a member of a Fortune 500, but like really drives home is that it's hard to pay people for stuff they're not already doing. You know, because, you know, as a business owner, anytime you're adding that additional expense for something you haven't seen yet. You don't know it's going to translate or be there. You can't wind that back once you do that, you know. And so when you have people who are saying, I'll go over that hill. I'll figure that out. That thing, I'll get on that. I see that this this is another revenue option for us. Let me expand space there so that we can do those things. Those type of people are so invaluable to a process, particularly. In, and I don't know if it's the same in, uh, from a corporate perspective, but I know from a small business perspective, it's like you need people that are willing to do that so that you can open up those additional revenues and things of that nature. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, it's um, 
it, it really is. I mean, we talk about culture and I know you guys talk about culture mm-hmm. a lot, but it is, it is cultural when you do it intentionally over a long period of time yeah. to create an environment that is, uh, you know, conducive to growth. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and one of the ways that I have been able to do this. And this was not my concept. I just grabbed onto it and I just mm-hmm. ran with it. But um, we call it P for P. So pay for performance. Mm-hmm. So it is the it is the absolute promise that if you help me solve this new problem and take on this additional duty or this mm-hmm. special project or this, you know, something different, mm-hmm. then I will take care of you. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that looks like right now. We haven't done the project yet. We don't know the full outcome yeah. of the project. And it's not 100% predicated on the success of that project. It's predicated on the success of how well we understood the outcome, mm-hmm. being good, bad, or not, or indifferent mm-hmm. <clears throat> for the corporation. So, um, But you can't only do that with the trust that you yeah. talk about, right? So if we build the trust where, you know, and I call it, you know, to use some military terms or whatever, I call it pulling people out of the fire. So if I am able to, through my knowledge of their personal situation, Mm -hmm. my um, prowess in the political space of the corporation, Mm -hmm. um, the, the confines of the mission set that we have in front of us to accomplish every day, week, month, year, if I can, if I see an opportunity to help somebody, save them, pull them out, Mm -hmm personally, professionally, or otherwise, you know, they, they now, we, we gain trust. We gain, yeah. we gain an ally in, even if it's a, well, a difference of rank. Trust, you've gone through something with. Absolutely. Yes. It's a shared suffering. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a shared experience. Um, but when you're able to do that, when you get into a position within a company or in any role in any organization, mm-hmm. and you're able to do that for somebody, that's just going to build. And if you can, I actually articulate it and identify that right. that's what happened, then you can teach and coach people yeah. to do that more. So you're really starting to pay this forward to where we have this whole environment where we call it P for P. We're like, hey, this is a P for P moment. We don't know how this is going to work, but I need this done. Yeah. And I've shared some of those projects with you that we're working on yeah. right now. And we've got people drinking the Kool-Aid. Like we got people yeah. coming along with us on this journey. And it's completely mind blowing because it's it's yeah. a way wild concept. We 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 tell people because a lot of people are afraid to, to drink the Kool-Aid. And what we tell people is is like take the placebo. You know what I mean? Like drinking the Kool-Aid seems too general for people, but the placebo is powerful. You know, and in many instances can work as effectively as, you know, some medications because the mind is the most powerful function that we have. You can't really be happy if you don't think you are. Right. right? And um, and the, before someone can't do it, they say they can't do it, whether in their mind or out loud. Before they can't, they say they can't. What the mind does in terms of constricting or unlocking right. what a human is, or a group of humans is truly capable of. It's paramount. It is the thing. And so if a person is not choosing to believe, and belief is a, is, is, is a choice. If a person is not choosing to believe, 
And, and a lot of times we, we, we park in under buy-in, and I don't think that's the right thing because a lot of leaders want buy-it, meaning I can sell you whatever and you're going to take it. Buy-in communicates ownership. And like when you said, when I pull you out the fire, we call it making deposits, mm-hmm. or when I put a deposit in there, I have cachet. And it's not necessarily about quid pro quo, but it's about being intentional of helping you when I can. Right, because at the end of the day, there's going to be a moment where I can't, or there's a moment going to be where I need uh, need help. And if I have not developed relationship, the idea that I could expect somebody to go to bat for me or to do something hard for me is zero. That's right. And and the fact that people have that have that expectation based off position is naive. And that's why I like so much of what you're talking about, because it's still human based. It doesn't mean it can't be tactical. Doesn't mean it can't be strategic. It doesn't mean you can't know what you're doing. That's right. It just means that it has to be real because you appreciate how it helps people. And I, I think that it comes back to, again, the special forces model. So that special forces model of ta- changing that mission all the time mm-hmm. is whatever the mission's primary function is, that's who's in charge. doesn't matter what rank the person is on the SEAL team. If it's a if it's a demo, a demolition mission, we're going to blow up a bridge, we're going to mm-hmm. you know, do this, then the demolition guy, he could be, you know, a first class, you know, in, in the Navy, mm-hmm. he's not the captain, he's not the lieutenant, he's not the, you know, officer in charge, but he's in charge of the mission. He's yeah. the one calling the shots. He's the one designing the the play that they're going to run mm-hmm. as a team. And then each other person that has a specialty on that group is going to be assigned their specific area of expertise. And they're going to go run, do that mission. They're going to come back, debrief it. And then they're going to catch another mission in a couple yeah. days, right? So I think that really, you know, being in the trenches and actually working with people, take the ranks off, do the work, um, put people in charge of you sometimes mm-hmm. because that's, you know, it's their job. It's it's their project. Yeah. Tell me what you need from me. I'll help. Yeah. I can help. And they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They know what they're doing. Trust and train, yeah. train and trust and let them run with it. But, you know, offer that support. I mean, I think so many times that as you get higher up in organizations, sometimes you, you, you do get busy. Mm-hmm. But I think if you're intentional about your calendar and about your investment back into those projects and you're not just the, oh, bring it to me when it's finished and I'll kind of yeah, bless yeah. it or I'll, you know, I'll give yeah. you one of these, right? You yeah. know, the thumbs up, thumbs down, like yeah. Caesar kind of thing on it. Because you still get to determine what you're busy with. Correct. Right. You yeah. control it. And you can yeah. control it. So I think if you are intentional about even giving back 30, 40 minutes, an hour, whatever it is, uh, you know, to to the project number one you're seeing progress in the moment yeah you're able to guide coach and and bring that project to fruition in the right way so it's always going to be a thumbs up project it's always going to be a super great win for the organization when you get it there yeah even though you didn't run it and then you humble yourself and you give every single other person credit yeah yeah 100 percent right and i've even found you know, ways to find other people and other departments to bring them in, to give them credit, which they deserve, yeah. but no one would ever have given them. And even their own leadership in some cases don't recognize them. And this- I've had them come to me personally and say, thank you so much. No one has I've been in business for 20 years. No one has ever done that for me. I, for me, it's one of those things where like we all want credit, but like I, I don't want credit for the thing that most people want credit for. I never want credit for the thing. You know what I mean? For me, it's one, if, if, if I want credit for anything, it's helping people get encouraged about doing the thing. That's right. We did the thing. 
for me, the part that I only play in things is trying to motivate people beyond whatever they thought that's they right. were able to do. And that's what I get my enjoyment out of. And it, if so. I could get credit for, I've built a place where people can right. be successful. People can accomplish things. People can feed their soul for their you know need for recognition, for hard work, yeah. for productive work you know in the marine corps we use the 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 phrase gung-ho right which Mm -hmm. is worthwhile work together finding worthwhile work so giving people worthwhile work in in the spirit of gung-ho and getting it done so it's it's incredible to be able to be you know in an organization that's allowed me the opportunity to do that some tight some places i've just taken it and no one's ever yeah. said don't <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, stop me if you don't want me to. i'm gonna go do this work like yeah i'll almost say sometimes like yeah if you don't want me to be successful just tell me to stop right, <laughs> and, right. you know right. no one's ever told me to stop and they right won't. and you and know they won't. Uh, they won't because you know we're thoughtful we're um respectful of you know the organization the goals yeah. of the organization we're informed as much as we possibly can be about where we're trying to take the company and the staff and the people and, you know, the processes. And we're uh, futuristic and visionary in, well, what does that look like in the end? Where can we take this to? Paint a picture for everyone of what this should look like at the end. Now, it may take us five, ten years, three, whatever it is. But if you can keep that vivid photograph in their head of what the end result will look like how we will all be successful the nirvana of whatever that place is that we're going to get to then they're they are now on the train and they're with you and they're moving and they're doing their thing and it's awesome i appreciate that about you because you know it's it's never a challenge to um uh to give people credit for their um accomplishments when your accomplishments are people Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things that you can't take sugar out of cookies. <laughs> so everything that you do and all those things that you provide and all those things that you get, when that person goes off and they do a win, whether it's with you or whatever, you can't take that out of it. The people who have contributed to who I am as a person, the people who have helped me develop my gifts and gave me confidence and put their arm around me and and and, and shaped me in any type of way, no matter what I do, they're in there. You know, and they can take pride in anything that I have accomplished. And I'm and I try to be thoughtful and consider about that in terms of how I move in the world to make sure I represent those gifts that people gave me. Um, but before we get out of here, I, would, I do want to get into like what are some things that are on the horizon for leadership, as you see. You, you all are doing some really cool things over there at American Eagle. Right. And uh, thinking about different ways to pursue uh, protection. Not even just, you know, asset protection in a more general sense. Most people just think that just means the product. But you guys have broadened, broadened that idea, which I love. Um, also trying to create this family because this is hard work. It's challenging oh, it work. Is. It is for um, sure. And so you need consistency, continuity. So you can't be turning over people all the That's time. Right. You That's need right. trust and, and all of those other type of things because you are moving as a unit. But as, as best you can, in terms of keeping people's eyes on the horizon from a leadership perspective, how are you facing some of these challenges and what are some things that people need to like be thinking about and really bolstering in their environments? So from, from my perspective um, in the retail space, you know, we have, we have a lot of changes in society. Like in the last few years, we've just seen a, a, a shift and uh, we're seeing people that are just more agitated. They're more mm-hmm. upsetable. They're more apt to <laughs> tell you what they're thinking, mm-hmm. whether that's right, wrong or indifferent. Um, 
and probably in a very aggressive way when yeah. they do it, not just in a normal tone and in a, you know, a collaborative way, more mm-hmm. of a trying to stick it on you yeah. kind of way. So, um, and that, that goes on to even, you know, uh, more violent um, reactions in malls and shopping centers and that type of thing. So probably our biggest challenge thing that keeps us up at night the most is the safety of our associates and our customers. Mm-hmm. People that are coming into our store that have an expectation to, you know, buy what I call jeans, t-shirts and underwear in a safe place and providing that environment. So we're working, you know, in multiple ways to, you know, compress down on problems, um, both from the bottom up and the top down, um, by, you know, working with in a hundred percent collaborative way with the mall landlords, with the mm-hmm. legislators, with the law enforcement, um, with our other business partners and other businesses that are neighbors of ours so that we are a force multiplier in getting a collective group to, you know, go after these things. Um, some of the, some of the techniques that I use inside the organization though, are, you know, are, are literally visualization exercises. Let's paint a picture almost. And it could be a stick figure drawing or a napkin mm-hmm. or something we draw on, but let's, let's design what we want the end result to look like, whatever we want that environment to look like, the solution, how this would work. And then we step backwards through that process to try to figure out all the action items that are needed to build that, that, new place that we want to live in right so we're trying to get to a new world order in whatever time period we think we can accomplish it in and then so what are all the things so then every day we are focused on are we doing the things we need to do to get to that goal yeah and if we're not eh, we might need to take a step back and like restack because we can't just say it yeah and then not do well i love hearing you say that because for some people, the idea of visioning feels too wishy-washy. It doesn't feel tangible enough. And, and again, I don't think people appreciate the the, the, the place that the mind um, uh, or, or the part that the mind plays in, in this type of work. And visualizing, being able to not only see the outcome, but to be able to see the behaviors. They're mental reps, and mental reps are effective. Mm-hmm. Mental reps build memory. They build uh, uh, the, the mind muscle. And so when you interact with that thing, for you to be able to do it, and this is what we share with people, for your team, just like anything else, particularly in anything like combat, right? Mm -hmm. Um, In order for you to be able to do something when you are scared, when you are frustrated, when you are under pressure, is to have it drilled in. That's right. Respond to your training, right? You got to respond to your training. It's got to be muscle memory. And thinking about what's going to happen using your mind, using your intention, using your compassion, um, using your thoughtfulness, all of those things on a regular basis, being put in the situations where you're challenged to use those skills so that when the inevitable happens and you're challenged in whatever type of way, hopefully it never rises to the level of combat, but in whatever way that you're engaged, you can rely on your training because you have been developing this muscle, this Skill. So when you talk about visioning and the muscle of developing that vision, something that seems like a soft skill, but it's not. How does that play into getting your a folks mission ready, getting your folks fully engaged so that you're synced up and getting people plugged into a singular vision? T- talk to me about that just a bit. Yeah, so, I, so we, we discuss it all the time. 
So it comes up. Uh, and so we, we actually have our mission that we wrote years ago, mm-hmm. plastered on the wall when you walk in. Right. Yeah. You know, very much like Notre Dame has play like a champion over the exit mm-hmm. to the locker room. Right. And everybody touches the sign on the way out. Right. We have that up there and we remind ourselves of it. Like we actually have this running joke where if you're not living up to one of the points of the mission, yeah. we kind of kind of rib you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right. We're like, oh, you know, if if global champion is one of the. Uh, mission sets that we're trying to be yeah. we're trying to be a champion in, in the global sense right don't just do things in english in the united states yeah. when you are a global company and have people in other countries that speak other languages and have different cultures be a global champion and think of all people in that yeah. we 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 do this thing with our thumb where we're like global champion not so much today right yeah. dude you know and we yeah. call each other out and yeah. people will do it to me yeah if i slip They'll pull me out, mm-hmm. and that's okay, and I'll take it. You know, now if they do a little too much, I might. Yeah, yeah hold on. Okay. Wait, okay. I got you. <laughs> I heard you. Heard you the first time. Got it. Okay, uh, reset. But um, it's. I think it's holding people accountable to what we've agreed that the picture of what we want it to look like and feel like and yeah. smell like is right. So we we said, well, is. You know, we'll call each other out and say, well, this isn't what we talked about. This isn't what we wanted to get to. This is where we've ended up for numbers of circumstances, whatever that is. How do we dig ourselves out or do we need to, you know, do a complete reset on the picture and the vision and where we're going to get to? And my my advice there is that um, and it's a euphemism, but it's, you know, you can't always get what you want but you get what you need, mm-hmm. right? So it is about, in my mind, patience. Yeah. There is a level of patience where your thoughts, ideas, they may be outstanding, but if your timing is bad, it's a terrible idea. Yeah. It's never going to fly. It's going to yeah. get shot down. You're not going to get the budget. It, you know, Someone's going to get in your way too much or mm-hmm. someone's just going to completely, that has authority in an organization, it's going to completely just stonewall you. So patience in um, having plays in a playbook and, and, you know, one idea is great, and one idea could be super really good. But having 30 ideas mm-hmm. and at any time being able to flip through that book, whip but out the it. 29th play and say, we can run this play, right? This yeah. is the one that will work. And having those plays in the playbook ideas, you know, I heard one time from, and I don't even know who it was, but they said, better to write a story on a piece of paper and tear it up and throw it in the garbage than to never create. Right. So be a creator, create your plays, create your visions, create your ideas in a way, and then get other people engaged in them properly so that when the time comes to run that play, everybody knows what the play is and it's not hard to get them to go because we've been taught, we've had this play for many years for, and then some plays never happen. Yeah. environmentals, situations, you have to change jobs and go to another company, that play's not going to work in that company, yeah. so you have to start over. Um, but, you know, I feel blessed because I've been around so long in one organization. I've seen the mistakes we've made. I've yeah. seen the successes that we've had. I've seen the people come and go. Um, if you don't like somebody, you have a hard time working yeah. with them, wait five minutes, I'll still be here. Yeah. They may not be. They may yeah. move on. But have those plays in the playbook. Be patient for those opportunities to take that shot. But 
when the time comes, shoot the shot. I also recently heard a, um, a piece of information that said, when you, when you have a thought, you have five seconds to move. Mm-hmm. When you have a thought to move, you have five seconds to make that move. Anything after five seconds is going to make it even harder because your brain is going to talk you out of making the move. For sure. So write it down. Soul. Write it down, draw a picture, sketch it out on a napkin, get in your phone and, and type uh, three paragraphs about your idea. If you have an idea to do something, get it out onto something physical, physical form, so that you now have to deal with it. Yeah. You, you have to delete it. You have to print it you have to save it you have throw it to, away whatever you got you got to do something with it now your brain's not allowed to just yeah send it somewhere else and and bury it so um i think there's you know i think that's the big key is sure. we do that all the time and we bring it up and we bring it up all the time and we focus on it and we hold each other accountable yeah i love that when you talk about running a play that's a big thing um and i think sometimes even when you're making uh, 30 plays, or at least people might think of it as making 30 plays. Sometimes you get 30 plays because you thought about a play 30 different ways. Mm-hmm. And when you could be in the pursuit of a thing, but when you allow your mind to go different places, you you pick up these different things and you could build the scaffolding, you could build the infrastructure so that when you do have to shift that idea one way or another, you have the basis for it because you really taking time to think about it. I appreciate you so much, man. This is a cool conversation. Uh, we're gonna have the part two of this thing. Uh, maybe <laughs> next time um, we do it, we'll we'll pick it up and we'll move it to uh, Pittsburgh and we'll get on your side. Of awesome. It yes. And uh, and run it we back. We can do that. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you uh, joining us, Scott McBride of American Eagle Outfitters. Uh, make sure you check them out. Amazing things coming down the path there. That way, make sure you check with us on all of our social medias. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share to make sure that people can get access to this content ASAP as soon as it drops. We appreciate you so much. Until next time.